You're listening to History Out Loud, Chat from the Stacks, a podcast by Calderdale Libraries, with Jill Carpenter and me, Sarah Rose. This is the second part of a two-part podcast with our guest, Angela Clare. And for those of you that don't know, Angela also goes by the pen name of Clara Barley. And she's written a novel called The Moss House, which is all about Anne Lister and Anne Walker's relationship. And it centres around a little love shack that Anne Lister built in the grounds of Shibden Hall. So, Angela, do you want to tell us a little about why you wanted to write a novel about Anne Lister? Yeah, yeah. Well, that just came about years ago because obviously we know lots of juicy details and overview. But because I just knew that the diaries were so far off, I mean, we're still kind of waiting for things to be shared. I mean, there's bits and pieces on the Internet. But um, but until that day when we can read all 26 volumes of it, um, a lot of it is in our heads. And also, as I mentioned before, you know, even when you read a diary entry, she's not always clear. And there's some things, you know, when some significance happened locally, you look at that date in her diary and she doesn't even mention it. Mm. So you also start to wonder, what did she miss out? Again, the assumption with such an extensive diary is that she wrote down every single thing. But she clearly didn't. And again, there's one recently we had, we've had a painting, we're getting, we've had all the Shibden pictures in the collection reframed, ready for display. And on the back of one of them, when I took it out the frame, it said, given to me from Tib and the year and the date. But in the diary, she didn't mention it. And again, so that makes you kind of slowly question, well, if she didn't mention being given a painting of Shibden Hall from Tib, then what other what else didn't she miss? But yeah, so the the novel came about just kind of I just wanted to string together all these things that were just fascinating, and then obviously we don't know enough to make it. You know, the only way to do nonfiction would be to just um, you know transcribe the diaries page by page. But I think people are more interested in the juicy details and the bigger things that happen. So yeah, I just started writing it, and I found the voice of Amnister that I came up with. Um, felt quite true to me from spending time at the hall and, you know, from what I had read and reading Jill and Helena's books and also talking to Helena a lot. Um, So I found, you know, writing it as a novel, it gives you a lot of freedom to think, well, how would I feel, you know, putting yourself in her shoes? And then obviously the other um, invisible voice is Anne Walker. So the novel is half Anne Lister and half Anne Walker. And again, as a writer, having somebody who basically got Anne Lister, I'd got pages and pages of notes and comments and things that I thought she might think and say. Anne Walker, I literally had a list of about six things like born, <laughs> um, brother died, parents died, um, engagement, and then the whole being with Anne Lister. So again, it's having that freedom and also reacting a bit to the things that Anne Lister says about her, thinking, well, that's got to come from somewhere and giving her a voice. So, yeah, and then I called it the Moss House because the Moss House is something that um, Anne talked about in her diaries, uh, originally the Chumier, and then just ended up being called the Moss House. Um, so basically just a hut, yeah. love shack, as you say, <laughs> <laughs> down by the lake. Um, and it was a place to meet in private because throughout all of her life, she lived with family and servants And you never really get that privacy. I think she was lucky because her bedroom was kind of down a corridor. She had a bit of privacy. Um, But this love house that she got, you know, it's totally private, you know. And again, I thought that gave me the chance to talk about the things that wouldn't even be in the diary um, 
about how you actually feel about somebody and, um, and being with them totally unguarded. Because again, in the house, you imagine there'd be Anne Lister and Anne Walker, but you know, either the, the father would be there or the sister would be there or servants would be, you know, it's very guarded. It's like trying to date somebody with your parents always in the room. Um, you know, you'd be desperate to get to your bedroom and hide. Um, so yeah, so I, I just got really captured by this moss house. And again, I found it interesting that there wasn't many mentions of it. So in the book, I go down a bit of a fictional um, route with it because it doesn't exist today and we don't know why. And to me, that was kind of interesting and gave me a bit of a story. So yeah, so the moss house, it's, it's fiction. It's based on anything kind of big in it is true. Um, and then again, a lot of people are like, oh, you obviously made up that bit. And it's like, no, that bit's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bits that they say, oh, that must have happened. Again, a lot of people say, you know, when was the Moss House destroyed? And, and I'm like, don't know, just made it up. <laughs> Do you think the, the Moss House, how secret was it from the rest of her family? Uh, would they all have known about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they would have known it was there. I imagine she had the only key um, and didn't let anybody else in. And yeah, and I imagine they knew what went on. I don't think anyone was naive. <laughs> but also, I think it might have been liberating whilst for her family because you can just ignore it, you know, and you can just go, oh, she's in the mosque. And you could just imagine that she's painting or they're talking about poetry. You know, you can kind of block it out in a way. And I suppose that's what... Um, it was kind of a tool for everyone there, just that she had this bit of privacy. Because obviously you can't just go to your bedroom in the middle of the day um, to be alone. It's, it's kind of, it wasn't done. So, but yeah, having that space that she could go to. And I think being by the lake, it was, you know, it was a daytime retreat. It wasn't, they didn't go there at night. They just went to bed at night. It was, um, I think, somewhere that they would go but just so that they could be together and chat, you know, it wasn't just all about sex. I think it was about having that real privacy and no servants either, just, and knowing that nobody could call on you, nobody could turn up. You're just there by yourself. I mean, I'd love a little um, summer house that's just all mine. <laughs> and I think that's what that was. So yeah, it's just, it's an interesting one. It'll be, again, great when the diary is all transcribed, I'm going to be searching for the words, the moss house and <laughs> and see what actually, Again, there may be something that fundamentally blows my entire story out the water, that it perhaps, you know, perhaps they, they never actually finished it or, you know, you don't know. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what more about that comes out. Then you might have to write a sequel to it, what really happened in the Moss House. Or, yeah, well, I'm writing a prequel <laughs> at the moment. So, and that's called The Mere Side. Oh. Um, so oh. this is about her relationship with Mariana. But again, with her relationship with Mariana, especially the early years before she started writing the diaries that we have today, we've no idea. Um, and it's a really complex, interesting relationship. But again, we don't have Mariana's voice. There's a few, there's a few letters, from, there's quite a few letters from her, but they don't give much away and they don't really tell you much about Anne. Um, so again, it's quite a really, it's a nice gift to just have enough of the story that's true. Um, but yeah, that's fast. I'm, I'm loving Mariana in my version of her because um, you've just got free reign. And again, similar to Anne, you know, a woman who's clever and independent and wants to get on with life. But Mariana has a lot of family responsibilities. Um, and so more than Anne, Anne had a lot of freedom really, um, more than Mariana. So, and again, I like the relationship with Charles because it's, you know, by later on, it seems that they were a happy couple. You know, they had their moments early on, but she, you know, she chose to be buried with him 
and she, you know, and then and her relationship with her sisters is interesting. She had two sisters that never married, and they all ended up living together down in London, near each other down in London. Also, Anne Lister slept with at least two of her yeah, sisters. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had really? <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. Um, <laughs> one of her, yeah, one of the sisters married a man, and the other sister never married, mm-hmm. and then obviously Mariana. So yeah, it's all interesting. You know, it's ripe for writing about. But we're again, that's where even when all the diaries are transcribed, we still only have Anne's opinion, and also there's that huge gap. I think they met in 1812 when they were 1920-ish. And then the diaries that we have don't, are 18, so, you know, so there's a five-year gap. And the diary entries that, that we've got are actually, because she married Charles in 1816. I didn't, like, earlier than I thought, kind of. So the diaries are all once she's married. Yeah, so we've no idea what that diary entry would have been like. But then as a writer, that's really nice, because that means I can, gives you so much more free reign, whereas I don't think... Again, originally I was asked to write a sequel, so like the Russian travels and Anne Walker. But again, I've I've never been to Russia. I I wouldn't be able to do that amount of research. And also the diaries and the travel notes are quite extensive. So it felt like it would just become me retelling the diaries. Mm. Whereas the mere side is so easy to write because you know you have a few key things per chapter, but you've just got these voices and these women just talking about how, you know, what they're thinking and feeling. And and it's so, you know, Anne went on their honeymoon with them. <laughs> What's going on? It's just weird. And then, you know, she left Charles to go to Anne and she sent him back, sent her back. And then the relationship between Anne and Charles, you know, there's the take, obviously Sally's taken Gentleman Jack, it's very frosty. Um, but then, you know, was it? Because... Yeah, she spent a lot of time there and then they had, you know, they might have had a year or so apart, but then Mariana comes and and Mariana also came and stayed when she was married to Anne Walker. Mm. And then you have this whole Christmas affair thing going, you know, it's just, you couldn't make it up. (laughs) So the mere side covers um, from when she first meets Mariana through to post her, because Mariana outlived everybody. Um, And so again, we get to hear about what happened to Anne Walker and then Mariana's kind of final years as well. So yeah, be re- it's it's sad. <laughs> it's <very> sad. <laughs> Again, I thought one of the most comments about the Moss House was just like, it's so sad. It's like, well, I can't lie. <laughs> I can't say it was happily ever after. And then this one is just heart-wrenching because again, we know what happened to all of them and it is just really sad. When as a as a writer, when when you're trying to write characters that you don't know have a lot of background information on mm. how how do you approach it so if you're thinking about a scene is there a point where you think no that wouldn't have happened and then a point where you think this feels right it, are you just guided by your own sort of intuition or is it is it more yeah. structured yeah I think you just kind of get to know them really and again like most writers I say most of it is thinking about it like the actual writing bit is kind of quite a short period so you do your research and then you do your thinking and then you do your again a lot and a lot of it is what would you do um and again having those different personalities and again in the moss house you know there's bits of me and Anne Walker and in Anne Lister um but again you you have these two very different characters but and again you want them to be relatable so even when Anne Lister's perhaps being a bit ruthless or whatever you know you there's a reason for that um 
So you do, again, unlike the diaries, which can be a bit harsh, it's kind of, it's, an ex, it's a way to, you can explain a bit more as well. Um, and again, you, you know, you empathise with Anne about how Anne Walker's behaving and then you hear from Anne Walker and you're like, oh, that's just so sad. But she can't bring herself to explain to Anne Lister why she's, you know, and it's just, and I think having that first person voice as a reader, I suppose, you can get lost in it much more. But no, I think a lot of it is you just, I think if you know the period and what women could and couldn't do, and if you've got that idea of their family background and their key um, storylines I suppose like with Mariana it's knowing the situation with her parents and her sisters and who's marrying who and you know there's all these girls and just this one boy Steph you know and they didn't seem to have loads of money when the father died he didn't seem to leave much and he left it to his wife and not his son so there's some interesting stuff in there um, but then yeah I think you just there comes the point where you just feel like you know them and that's why I've really liked writing uh, the, the mere side because the Moss House I don't, you know, Anne Lister and Anne Walker, they're not like me at all. You know, there's little bits, but they're not like me at all. Whereas Mariana is kind of me. <laughs> now we get it. <laughs> it's quite easy to write, because I've, I've got Anne, Anne Lister, basically like with each chapter, there's a situation or something happening. And I kind of feel like I know how my Anne Lister would react and what she'd say, and it's quite funny. But Mariana is very much her equal in intelligence and character so the, the the tiffs between these women are just really nice to write um and again like with Anne Lister's eccentricities whilst Anne Walker was kind of a bit more like an acolyte and kind of like oh she's amazing you know wanted to please her uh, Marion has none of it and is just like what earth you, you know and the whole point is it's called the mere side because Anne Lister was talking about building this lake that she wanted to call the mere and I think in my fictional head, she pitches the idea of the Moss House um, as calling it the mere, you know, so, you know, I'm going to build you this lake and then we're going to have this house and it's really private and we can just go there. And, and Mariana's literally just like, whatever, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but then obviously we know that she does build the lake. I think it's 1837 that, that goes in. And then obviously she does do the, the, the Moss House and ends up in it with Anne Walker, because Anne Walker would think that was so romantic and lovely, whereas Mariana's just like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not like... Sitting in a shed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sitting in a shed staring at the lake. What do you think I am? And so you've got this wonderful contrast of these different sort of women. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, it opens with Mariana just like, oh, whatever. And then there's all the, you know, when Charles dies things. And again, I think, you know, the opinion is often that, that, that she married him and they hoped that he would die and stuff. And there are mentions of that, so there is some truth in it, but I, there's so much more to it. Um, and again, I think what we have is Anne Lister's take, um, but, we'd, but Mariana and Charles seem to live quite happily, especially in the later years. And, and again, so they, they must have had sex and they must have had intimacy and they spent, you know, 24 seven together. Mm. Um, but then there's interest, you know, but then later on, by the time Charles is older, Mariana's talking about marrying his cousin <laughs> when he dies. You know, there's no talk of Anne. Anne is kind of out of the picture. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just amazing stories that they need. I think they just need to be a novel because the time it's going to take to really publish them as biographies is just so far off. Um yeah. And again, it makes, I think it's more accessible as well. I, I like to read novels and, and then I'll go and figure out what was actually the case. Um, but that's just me. So, yeah. <laughs> Have you read any of the fan fiction? 
that's out there. I like went down a rabbit hole of fan fiction. Some of it's really amazing. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny what's out there. But again, I think a lot of the focus is, again, the stuff that I've seen is very much Anne Lister and Anne Walker. Yeah. And also very much, again, with a um, huge lesbian sort of angle on it, which is great. And again, obviously in the Moss House, I've got plenty of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, I, there's some good stuff out there. There's some dodgy stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's where like the Moss House, because it's, it's tricky because you don't, again, I, I would be high and mighty and say it's not fan fiction. It's just it's fiction based on, but, you know, you could say mine is just another take on it. And But I think that's, the thing, I think, and I know there was an interview with Sally and she said she's really pleased at how other people are taking this story and creating I mean people are creating theatre from it monologues fan fiction illustrations drawings paintings you know it's amazing the responses that are coming out and it's free reign I mean anybody can publish a novel it's just I find it weird that I'm the only one who has so far I thought there was going to be loads um, which is why I need to get the second one out as soon as possible um, because before everybody else does Um, but yeah I think there'll be more I think there'll be films I think there'll be um, yeah, a whole proliferation of stuff, especially as the diaries get shared. Um, there'll be whole other avenues that we won't have even thought about um, that will come out, I'm sure. And then there's all the kind of the fan things, you know, like there, there are no goats. <laughs> and all those kind of phrases and stuff that just sort of come out. And um, yeah, there's like a whole little world of some of her comments and her, you know, I think she's quite funny and yeah. some of the stuff that she comes out with. And I think that's like with creating fiction you know you want to have the characters relatable but then you know you also want to give them a bit of a sense of humor because the diaries are really quite I haven't really come across anything particularly funny they're things that we laugh at but we're kind of laughing at how she said it Hmm. I'm pretty certain she would have had a wicked sense of humor but then you can't really record that in a diary but I think yeah I think she'd have been very funny um and again I think yeah but that's the stuff that we don't really get to see um but yeah, hopefully one, we'll, we'll hopefully find more letters and other people's accounts of her as well. You could do like a whole series, like one for each of her lovers kind of thing, like um, Maria Barlow and people like that are all quite interesting, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, every relationship is... I mean, like Helena Whitbread's books, they're only a few years' worth of actual diaries and there's so much in them. And that's where, again, my approach is just sweeping across her. I mean, this novel of epic it goes from sort of 1812 through to 1860 something so yeah but you uh, yeah depends how you sort of come at it but every single one is fascinating relationship and also more women from history that we can learn about that's what's you know we don't have loads of women especially from this period um and just and also the everyday women who didn't perhaps leave a legacy but they're now kind of known and you know filling in the gaps there's a lot of research now on Mariana and again it'll be nice I want somebody to look at Marion because you know (laughs) what was that about and we don't we know so little and but I bet she's fascinating and then the mothers of these women and yeah there's a lot more stories to come out hopefully but that's where again like with Packed with Potential and you know the more things that are out there the more somebody else might go oh you know what I'm going to look into this person and then the Norcliffs I mean um, the whole family um, you know, you've got Norcliffe, Norcliffe, and you've got all these, again, unmarried women. Yeah, and there's Percy as well, isn't there, who ends up living with a, her lady's maid and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was, yeah, Mariana's, that was, they were godparents, weren't they, to Percy? 
but yeah there's so much more out there um but yeah it's great that there's the interest really um and hopefully more and more to be discovered but it just feels so vast I think because I was thinking you know should I do a PhD but you've barely scratched the surface whereas I'm cheating really I'm just doing an overview and then making it up <laughs> that's the way forward and <laughs> yeah yeah and then obviously the amnesty of Shibden Hall book again I started going down a lot of and holes as you say and so I just pulled it back I was like no I'm just it's going to be an overview and literally the collections and buildings and what we know um so yeah I ended up cutting out a lot of what we knew because a lot of it isn't you know or you don't have the original source a lot of things are kind of hearsay but when you start looking in the diaries you can't quite find it and well even where she was born um Loads of people say Halifax, some people say Market Market Wayton, and, you know, it's like, well, where was she born? Somebody just tell me. <laughs> and then with Anne Walker, there was research into her. But again, to me, it was still a bit sketchy. It was, you know, she was listed on this inventory then, and she was signed in by her sister. But then there's like a whole seven, eight years of fuzziness, and then she's recorded somewhere else. You know, there's so many gaps, um, but yeah, lots more to be found out. But, um, but yeah, all these women, they're all quite hidden. Um, but that's women's history generally. You have to do a lot of digging. Speaking of filming earlier, what, what's it been like at Shipton Hall? Because you've had, there's been Gentleman Jack, but also Peter Lou. Uh, how's that been? Yeah, no, it's great. I think, yeah, the, like, it's definitely an interesting location. So they did um, about a week for Peter Lou and kind of, um, yeah, there's been a lot of um, other things filmed there and a few documentary bits and pieces as well. But yeah, they've been back filming Gentleman Jack um, lately. They're back again um, soon. And then again, a bit later in the year. Um, so yeah, it's great. Again, I think that's where it's so nice to preserve the hall. Um, you know, it's, to film it on site brings it so much closer for the actors and the director and the right, you know, for Sally, it was so important to film on site, but also for the preservation of a historic venue. You can't ask for anything better than the TV series. It almost immortalizes Shibden. Um, in a way, so we kind of, we rest assured that the future, you know, it should be well looked after. Um, but so yeah, no, it's it's great and it's it's interesting. I think the staff quite enjoy the differences, but you know, obviously we're open to the public, but then we're um, a film set and then we're back open again. And then obviously we're shut for Corona at the moment and then bits of filming. So it's, it's weird, it's hard work and the days are long and, but everybody's staff and volunteers, you know, everybody's up for it and they know that this is important. Um, so although a lot of it, you know, quite a lot of standing around and a lot of cleaning up, um, but it is, you know, it's for a good reason. And I think because we were nervous before the first series came out because you saw bits of filming, but you didn't know how she was going to be portrayed or what the reception was going to be like. But now we know how fairly I suppose she's been portrayed. Um, it is the Anne Lister that we recognise. And so, you know, to come back for series two is fantastic. And hopefully there'll be more. I mean, hopefully it will run and run. Um, I think there's certainly an appetite for it. Um, so, yeah, and I think it does Shibden. You know, they've not tried to change Shibden. It is as it is. Um, and, yeah, you'll see how she changes things, I'm sure, during the next couple of the series. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, it's nice to be... I mean, again, when I first started, I was like, oh, you know... The, the most amazing kind of coverage we could get is the TV series. And I started writing one <laughs> but then, then the novel and I thought, oh, you know what, this could be a TV series. Obviously it's not, nothing like Sally's, um, but yeah, you kind of think that would be amazing. And then to get somebody as prestigious as Sally and BBC and HBO 
you couldn't ask for anything more really I mean you feel a bit sad because you've done all this work <laughs> to try and share her story with you know no marketing budget and kind of like you know just going she's amazing and then suddenly somebody else waltzes in and you know launches her into the stratosphere but it's amazing you can't begrudge it it's amazing that it's all happened and again it secures her legacy as well it means you know for at least the next 20 or 30 years in history women's history and um, lesbian history you know we've got somebody now who's really iconic and she's not going away and there's so much more to be found out which is what's exciting I think if she was somebody that had written you know just a few thousand words of diaries and they'd already been published it's very limiting whereas actually the sheer volume is exciting and that makes it feel like she's going to last a long time um and obviously at the moment we've got quite you know we're looking at quite the relationship gaze is what we're kind of looking at is that relationships that she had whereas again other historians will come back and look at her as a landowner and um with a feminist look and you know there's so many different ways you could interpret her stories and then a lot of her travels are being published we've just heard today her russian travels have been um transcribed and that book's coming out so yeah i think yeah so the sheer volume of it is exciting and i think it gives there's a lot to go at um which is what's interesting she's not you know, it's, she did so many different things. Um, she wasn't just a private person who happened to be gay. She was somebody who had an amazing life and scholarship and travel and was gay. So you get, you know, you've got a lot more angles to her, you know, of what you can talk about and different levels that um, can interest different people coming at her from different perspectives. So you need to keep an eye on Shibden Hall's website, don't you? Because you're going to be sharing lots of things for her birthday. Um, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so Shibden Hall website is where we kind of put everything. The most recent thing we had was a 3D tour of Shibden. So if you've been before or not visited, you can have a tour around. You can look at the house, you can look at... And then there's me talking a bit more about Anne Lister. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of made it much more accessible and open. And um, So that's released. And then we've got Shibden Hall's 600-year anniversary, which is technically the last year and this year. And so there's 600 years of history and all the different Listers. And then the legacy that she left, again, we've got Dr. John Lister and his family that moved in. And then the final John Lister who wrote about Anne and shared the diaries and then hid them. Um, so yeah, there's a whole, her legacy just goes on and on really. Um, so yeah, we'll be sharing a big timeline all about Shibden Hall, obviously featuring Anne Lister quite heavily, but also where the hall was before and after and how it's been looked after and who's lived there and worked there. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be sharing some stuff and then Anlis's birthday um, whether we're open or not we will be sharing some things from the hall um, again just a bit of a here we are and behind the scenes and then the birthday entries again I've already done that one so I <laughs> but we'll be sharing them again obviously they're still on the website so you've got all of the diary entries you've got images of what they actually look like in her handwriting and um, yeah, so they're all there and available to read. And then I'm pretty certain that there's so many different people looking at Anlister, there's going to be a lot of things shared. And then in America, they have the Anlister Birthday Week. And on their um, Facebook page, ALBW, there's lots of really nice interviews with all different kinds of people from Gentleman Jack and Anlister historians. There's loads of stuff that you can find out. And then hopefully Helena's actually going to produce another biography. Um, so we're looking forward to that hopefully coming out at some point. She's been writing that for a while, hasn't she, though? I think it just keeps getting bigger and bigger every time. Yeah, it's going to be as long as the well, again, I suppose it's hard, you know, to reduce what five, six million words into a book it just is 
is impossible. Again, ironically, in fiction, I think I can do, you know, my challenge is to condense a lifetime of five million words into an 80,000 word novel. Um, <laughs> well, it actually, well, it's two novels, isn't it? So actually I've written twice that already. <laughs> it's bizarre because she, she was only, was it 49 when she died? Yeah. And, and yet still, it's like, it's not somebody who's like a, you know, died at 90 and has got this huge history she's she was she could have done it the same again couldn't she yeah oh easily well it's, it's always a good job she died when she did otherwise we'd never get to the end of them um, <laughs> but then I wonder again the, my question is always like if she'd have lived you know would she have published and shared and I think with the travel notes you know they were written you know she's writing the same things in her diary in the travel note you know she was obviously doing them to share whether it was through letters or whether she was thinking of publication and again at 49 she was still having the time of her life you know she was doing all these changes to Shivden she was doing these big epic travels you know she probably was already thinking in her dotage that she would write and kind of share and again you know compared to Mariana and Anne Walker she was kind of tight she didn't um whereas Anne Walker and Anne you know, and Marianne, you know, they were starting schools, they were making blankets for people and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then again, I don't think we could assume that Anne Lister didn't care. I think she just hadn't really got around to it yet. Um, and if she'd have lived longer, again, I wonder whether her legacy would have been different and that she would have done more things. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see about the hall and, and the diary writer. Yeah, we'd have had several more million words. And that would have been interesting to hear from a woman. Again, we don't get, female accounts are so sparse, but we don't really get any older women really reporting what it's like to be an older woman two centuries yeah. ago. Hmm. Anne was still kind of in her prime and able to hold her own and still involved in business. And But again, wouldn't it be nice to find Aunt Anne's diaries and about her ailments and how you're treated when you're elderly. And um, and again, Anne Lister would be there reminiscing, oh, remember when I did this and I did that? And I wonder how her frustrations, I always emphasize, would have probably grown because she'd have then been seen as, you know, if she was still running the hall, she'd, you know, all the judgments, you know, some spinster <laughs> in this hall. And yeah, you'd, you'd wonder whether the other family members would start to sniff around and kind of, you know, be kind of, I don't, you know, people wouldn't have expected her to have died at 49. Mm. Um, so it would be interesting to see what people were thinking later. And then obviously once she was with Anne Walker, again, the two women joining forces. I mean, they only had a few years. I mean, 1834 married, and but they left traveling, you know, sort of only four or five years later. Um, they'd barely established themselves, but if they'd have come back, they'd have been a force to be reckoned with, I think. And Power couple, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Halifax itself might have changed because of them. If these two women formed, you know, an empire and, you know, the, you wonder what they would have done. Would they have made some new buildings? Would they have bought other properties? Would they have expanded? Um, yeah, it's kind of like they could have done all kinds of stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, it might be a very different town if the Walker-Lister um, relationship had continued. Um, yeah, you could expect, oh, I might have to write a sequel after all and just... <laughs> imagine that they survived and came back and and uh, yeah and how it ended up who knows you've been listening to history out loud a podcast by calderdale libraries 
presented and produced by Jill Carpenter and Sarah Rose. Keep an eye out for future episodes where we'll be talking about Sylvia Plath's visit to Calderdale, Corpse Roads and lots more. <laughs>